the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one today deb hutton is here former advisor to two ontario premiers mitzi hunter former liberal mpp and mayoral candidate jerry agar is here from the jerry agar show i trust the recovery continues it continues yeah that uh, shot that you posted of those staples really kind of freaked me out when did they come out that <laughs> was like last wednesday or something there were also some people that i sent it to directly you know in the family and yeah. they went yeah i didn't really need to see that <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully it's the only astonishing uh, and inappropriate shot on your phone okay yeah. uh let's talk about um let's see where are we going to start well the integrity commissioner says his investigation is going to start with the housing minister this is almost more of a process story i think deb hutton because it we know there's an investigation underway, so he's just identifying the first person he's going to talk to. And it's not even like he's going in to rule somebody to get their testimony against somebody else. No. And and let's be clear, this is where this in initial investigation should have resided, not with the Auditor General, but with the Integrity Commissioner. What is at issue here is, did someone stand to benefit because of decisions that the government took around swapping out the green belt. So this is the right place for it. It makes sense you would start with the minister and uh, things will follow from that depending on what the integrity commissioner uh, determines. Okay, Mitzi Hunter, I was offering earlier this morning that by the time we get this report back, they'll probably have completely redeveloped the green belt anyway. <laughs> well, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. I, I think that the opposition parties at Queen's Park have united and, and they're going to hold the government accountable for going back on a promise that was made multiple times to not touch the green belt. And that's been upended and it's been done in a way that frankly it, it reeks. And, uh, and we need these investigations to clear the air and to give the people of this province the transparency that they deserve so whether it's david wake's investigation that's going to take place with the minister first and then his chief of staff or it's the rcmp it's just not going to go away uh jerry agar your thoughts well, I, I don't have much to add uh, other than, you know, I've weighed in many times on this. I'm not freaked out about what Doug Ford wants to do at all. Uh, so I have a different opinion of this maybe than the people who were running around in a tizzy who didn't run around in a tizzy when Kathleen Wynne did it. But at this point, I'll wait for the investigation and we'll respond to that. And, but like you said, John, probably the whole thing will be over anyway by the time the investigation is concluded. Yeah, we'll probably have another government by then. Yeah, maybe. Um, exhibition place, kind of hard to call it a dead zone right now because it's uh, a thrum of activity. But uh, Alex Bozikovic writes a column today in the Globe and Mail where he says it's time we came up with a new vision because it's totally useless for 50 weeks a year. Mitzi Hunter, what do you say? Yeah, this this 192 acre park needs a rethink. I, I completely agree. And and let's apply the best thinking, you know, design thinking, urban planning, architecture, public realm, transit connectedness. These are good things. And we know we have a housing crisis. Can, you know, that be incorporated while still maintaining the public access? And and the, the fact that conventions and conferences and exhibits are still important. They draw tourism. They're part of the economy. So we can't throw everything out, but it, it definitely needs to be rethought in terms of use. Deb Hutton, you grew up in a small town. Was it one of those small towns that has a fairground that is largely derelict the rest of the year? Absolutely. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a special it's a special little spot at the edge of, of the town of Listowel. It does have an agricultural hall where I went to more buck and does than I could begin to count. And and it's just it is part of life. So I'm okay with the notion that we are looking at new ways to expand the uses of the of the exhibition place, including and starting, I guess, with housing. I just worry when governments get involved that we have the mess that we have at every single place where we try to do something like this. Jerry Igar, Mitzi Hunter, was mentioning the conventions and events that take place down there, but it's such a lifeless place. Like if you're attending a convention, you step outside and you got to call a cab. Okay, uh, do you remember when there was that uh, whole process they went through to put a casino out there and then that all fell apart? No, I don't. Uh, well, I, you I know, blotted like, it out. Okay, well, the, you know, this is, the, this is the city of perpetual talk about fixing something as opposed <laughs> to actually fixing something. Um, we, there could be condos out there. There could be all kinds of things. I mean, what do we have other than the CNE and an auto race? That's pretty much it, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. And then the occasional convention and tennis Canada's at the hotel, but who would know? Okay, and, and when you asked Deb about the small town, I'm from a small town as well. Is there a fairgrounds that sits outside Gilbert Plains, Manitoba that isn't used uh, almost all of the time except for the baseball diamond? Yes, absolutely. The last time I was home, I was in the back seat. My brother was driving. We drove right through the thing. His wife said, you can't drive through the middle of this thing. And he said, yes, I can. And we just drove around in it uh, because we thought it was fun. But the thing is, there isn't a housing crisis in Gilbert Plains, or I imagine Listowel. Uh, there is here in the GTA, and that's a whole big chunk of property that's uh, pretty much uh, not put to good use. So, um, let's see, where else are we going to jump to? Well, this uh, we can dispense with this one quickly. Canadian government admitting its new passports are susceptible to curling. And so, if you're wondering what that means, it would be sitting on the bedside table in the hotel room, and it would be, you know, all curled up, the covers would be bent, and Deb, for me, this is completely unacceptable. I mean, we know how to make a passport. Why are we making a crap passport? It, it is astounding to me that there seems to be nothing that government cannot screw up. <laughs> like, it, it just, it is absolutely astounding. How many years, decades have we had passports that worked well? And now all of a sudden we make a change and we screw it up. I, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Jerry, you'd think this was predictable, that anybody who knows about paper and plastic would say, yeah, this thing isn't going to hold up. Yeah, you would think, but they've been screwing up the passport file for the last number of years, so there's that. On the other hand, you know, how often are you traveling? When you're home, set it under a heavy book. Okay, but Mitzi Hunter, I, I would prefer that my passport have some level of uh, dignity. I completely agree, because it's, it's an international passport, so, you know, this is about... Canada and, and as we travel around the world. So the condition of our passports are important. I do understand the motivation around protecting the the passport from any kind of manipulation and cybersecurity is so big on a worldwide scale. But you gotta know that the cover has to be a sturdy, you know, resilient thing because you know, people put the passport everywhere when they travel. It's got to stand up. Education Minister yesterday making it clear that Ontario is joining uh, Saskatchewan and New Brunswick as a jurisdiction where if a kid wants to use a different name or identify with a different gender at school, that the parents must be informed. Now, I don't think 
uh, Jerry Agar, he got into whether or not the parents had to give consent, but they have to be informed. I don't understand, and I'm going to open my show with uh, commentary on this. I don't understand when we turn the corner that uh, parental responsibility and rights when it comes to children is controversial. Uh, okay, Mitzi Hunter, your thoughts? Well, you know, I think that we have to, first of all, it, it's parental rights, but it's also, you know, students and, and young people have a say, especially when they're at school and in their education. So this needs to be balanced. Is it a formal changing of the name and use of pronouns? Or is it, you know, I want to be called this and, and, and more linked to that person's identity at school and what they're comfortable with. So this is not as you know, simple as, you know, parents have all the rights and they must be informed. We've got to also think about that child, that young person and and their voice at the in terms of their education. And I think that we, we need to make sure that this is something that we think through and um, and that it's really thought through from an educational lens. Okay, and Deb Hutton, what some people are pointing out here is there may be some degree of jeopardy to a kid in telling their parents about something that they're perfectly comfortable with at school. Yeah, I, so first of all, I couldn't disagree more with Mitzi. Uh, I'm open to a discussion after the age of 16. I, I think that's reasonable. But the Toronto District School Board policy is if the child doesn't want the school at any age to tell their parents that they've requested a change in their pronoun or a change in their name, they don't have to do it. In fact, they won't do it. And that is so unbelievably unacceptable to me as a parent. We have for decades had processes that protect children when they are in danger at home because sadly it does happen. And surely we can find a way to follow those processes to protect a child but the notion that the child needs to have a voice independent from the parents on something like this, which is life-changing, is absolutely ridiculous for me. There's Protect a... the child through the process, mm -hmm. but do not trample on parental rights up to the age of 16 at a minimum. We'll be talking with a uh, representative of PFLAG, which is an organization that represents parents of gay kids at 8.05 this morning. Yeah. Um, so That's uh, good. I, I think that we've got to air this out, and, and we have to have a conversation. It's not just a simple thing that's you know parental rights and that's it there's a lot of layers here and it's important that we uncover them very lively reddit thread where people are comparing prices of food items at dollarama versus loblaws and jerry it's not all that surprising and i don't know that necessarily when you're food shopping you want to have to go to multiple venues well, people do that. Uh, and, you know, I guess uh, I look at this and I think, well, if I knew that it was that much cheaper at one store versus another and uh, and my grocery bill uh, budget was really, really tight, which for a lot of people it is, then I would shop at multiple stores. I, I you know, I, I look at this and I go, so, okay, so it's cheaper at Dollarama. Well, duh. Uh, I mean, that's, that's how that works. So I, there, there isn't a crisis here. Find out where it's cheaper and buy it there. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. Jerry Agar, Deb Hutton, and Mitzi Hunter. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.